Uh, So Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 1 to 8, says this. So Moses continued to speak these words to all Israel, and he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I am no longer able to go out and come in. The Lord has said to me, You shall not go over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself will go over before you. He will destroy these nations before you, so that you shall dispossess them. And Joshua will go over at your head, as the Lord has spoken. And the Lord will do to them as he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, and to the land when he destroyed them. And the Lord will give, you, give them over to you, and you shall do to them according to the whole commandment that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Let's pray. Lord, we're so grateful for the opportunity to look at your word, to be encouraged and challenged and um, by it. And Lord, we pray that your spirit would guide my words as I speak. Lord, may you encourage our hearts and strengthen us with your truth. God, we're thankful to reflect on uh, the people of Israel and what you brought them through and the things you taught them about yourself. And so, Lord, we pray that you would instruct us from your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so back to the big outline of of Deuteronomy and the more concise version that I've given you before. But basically, in the book of Deuteronomy, we've got these sections of the whole, and we're actually getting very close to the end. I think... We've got this week, next week, and maybe one more after that. Everyone, yeah, everyone's happy. Let the complete the Pentateuch. That's impressive, actually. Um, so the basic outline here is that the first three chapters, actually, of Deuteronomy, um, you guys might remember kind of the first 11 lead up to and are talking about the Ten Commandments. But the first three are narrative, and it's, uh, it's Moses describing what has happened before leading up to the giving of the law. So chapters 1 to 3, Moses is recounting to the people, this is what happened to you, this is how you came out of Egypt, this is, these are the kings that were defeated by the Lord's power and strength. Um, and then when we get to chapter 4 and 5 and up, up you know, basically through chapter 30, uh, you've got an explanation from the Lord of the covenant that this people is now entering into. Like we talked about, there's kind of two major sections of that, the Ten Commandments and the reasons why we should not forget them, um, as well as the explanation of these specific commands for many, many chapters that we went through and saw the Lord's character in. Uh, Wrapping up with what Connor shared last week in a summary and remembrance of this covenant that the Lord has put before them. And so we have that huge section in the middle describing the covenant that the people are entering into. The law that they are committing themselves to and saying, yes, Lord, we will do these things. We'll follow you in this way. And if we follow you, we will surely be blessed. And if we do not follow you, surely we will be cursed. Um, So there's a whole section in the middle. And now we're actually picking up again with the final bit of narrative uh, in in the text. And so now we are seeing uh, this commissioning that is happening to Joshua by Moses. 
the torches uh, being passed, so to speak, from Moses as the leader of the people of Israel to Joshua, who will take the people into Israel. You'll remember that Moses is not allowed to go into the land or even, even step foot in the land, not only because he's, well, he's 120, um, but also by the command of the Lord, he was not allowed to go forward into the land because he struck the rock twice the second time they needed water out of the rock. So he did not what the Lord had called, called him to, but emphatically struck this, this rock. And the Lord said that you, you will not be allowed to go in. You have cast judgment upon the Lord and demanded from the Lord this miracle. And so as a result, since you were so presumptuous in this way, you will not go in. You will not set foot in there. And so this is the passing of the torch from Moses to Joshua in this time. And we'll see uh, next week, we'll look at uh, the witnesses that will stand against the covenant that they are receiving. And the following week, we'll see the blessings that Moses proclaims upon the tribes of Israel as we conclude uh, Deuteronomy. <clears throat> so last week, uh, Connor did a great job, as you all know, that we're here, um, in describing really what, it, what in the world the law said to us, right? What was this whole thing about? And summed it up just like Jesus did, and really from Jesus' words, so thank you, Connor, in just describing this fact that the law is telling us to love God, love your neighbor, and don't worship idols, right? Did you guys hear that last week? Anyone? Does that sound familiar to anybody? <laughs> okay, good. I think he said it. He said it a few times. It was good. And, and so in the, in the emphatic nature of that is that as he describes what that is like, we realize as we look at the law that there's no way we can do this. We cannot keep this law. We can't walk in the perfect, in perfectly in the ways that the Lord has called us to walk. We are broken. We break every one of these commands in all sorts of ways. And Jesus brings that home to us even more so, showing us that, that, that this whole law is about our heart. He says, even if you have hatred in your heart to your brother, it's the same as murder and these sorts of things. That it's about what's in your heart. It's not just about the actions that result from it, but what is going on inside. And so he says, you should love the Lord your God, Love your neighbor and do not worship these idols that are before you. And the fact is we cannot do this. What we've seen from the Lord is that Jesus has fulfilled the law in himself. He has shown us that he is the savior that we need. So the call to us as we hear this truth from the law is that we must respond. We must respond to the character of our Lord. Okay? We must, to, we must cling with faith and strength to what God, who God is and what he has done for us. And so in this passage, what we, you might hear, you're going to hear it a few times, he calls them to these two things. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Why? Because the Lord, your God, is with you. He's going before you. He will lead you. We respond to the character of the Lord by putting our faith and who he is into action. Just imagine this group of people again, sitting at the edge of this, and now every, all these things have happened, and, and now Joshua has received this commissioning, and now they're looking over the land, and all right, now we got to go. Now it's time. Like, the time has come. We're going to walk over the Jordan, and we're going to start taking conquest of this land. We, this people, who has no land, who has had never had any land, we're going to go over and conquest this land of the people that are much bigger than us. 
the firm command to them is to be strong and courageous. It is the Lord your God who goes with you. Moses, at first, Moses, um, just kind of describing this transition of leadership from Moses to Joshua, uh, first I want to cover this, this idea. He says to, to he, Moses says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. It is the Lord your God who goes with you. And he says it again there at the end of it, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. He's given this land to you and to your fathers that you should take possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Moses' encouragement to Joshua is that the presence of the Lord is with you. He needed to hear this, and we need to hear it too, that everything that is ahead of us, God is going there with us. There's nothing that we're stepping into that God isn't coming with us in. And so when, when you're in the moment of temptation, God is not far from you. Reach out to him. When you're moving boldly in faith, God is not far from you. He is with you. Be strong and courageous. It's a very cool, like, if you see from, uh, through, the, through the whole of chapter 31, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Again, it's these very long chunks of, uh, of text. But um, as we get toward the end of the chapter, uh, verse 23, you see a shift in this command. First, it is Moses speaking it to Joshua, encouraging Joshua, be strong and courageous for the Lord your God is with you. And again, Moses to Joshua be strong and courageous, the Lord your God is with you in verses like 6 and 8. By the end of this, during this commissioning ceremony of Joshua, it is no longer Moses who is saying it to Joshua, it is the Lord who is saying it to Joshua. Verse 23, And the Lord commissioned Joshua, the son of Nun, and said, Be strong and courageous, for you shall bring the people of Israel into the land that I swore to give them. I will be with you. And so the first thing I want to bring to our attention is that, again, this is a, we are observing this transition of leadership from Moses to Joshua, right? And it can be very easy to get in our heads uh, that, that, this, that our faith is about us, right? That it's just about me. I've got you know, to own this and just about me owning this faith and all this. But really, the kingdom of God is much bigger than just us. It was bigger than Moses. Okay? And unfortunately, <laughs> the, the history of, of Israel looks back to Moses as this amazing figure, so much so that they've exalted him to a highest, higher place than he needed to be in. Moses is not the end all. Moses is only pointing to the king of kings, pointing to the one who will be with us. Joshua received the same banner that Moses had. The Lord is with him. Just as he was with Moses, just as he was with Abraham and Jacob and Isaac, just as he was with these men, he is now with Joshua and with this people. He is no less with them than he is with, was with Moses. And so we got to get uh, out of our heads that it somehow stops with us and it's all about us. 
which can be our bent, right? Well, I've got to figure this out for my life and all this. No, it's about more than that. The kingdom is about more than Moses. It's about passing it on to the Joshua's, right? And then eventually to the Davids and the Solomon, on and on and on. The kingdom is bigger than us, right? Amazingly, we kind of, it's very easy for us to forget that, that like, we're going to die, <laughs> you know? It's very easy to just think, oh, it's just going to keep on going. Get all focused on our stuff and our problems and lose the vision that God's kingdom is marching forward boldly beyond us. And so we've got to get in our heads, and, and I've got to get in my head as a leader of a church, is this is not about our name. This is about the name of Jesus. And God has been orchestrating this from the beginning to the end. And at every turn and every transition, this is the Lord's battle and not mine. It is his kingdom and not mine. And so we see this beautiful transition of Moses saying, all right, my time is up. And now Joshua, it's your time. And guess what? The same Lord that was with me and went before me and behind me and beside me is with Joshua and before him and behind him and beside him too. Joshua is called to take on this banner, respond in faith to what God has done, and be strong and courageous going forward, knowing that it's not his battle. It has always been and always will be the Lord's battle that he is leading. God makes it very uh, simple for us in a way uh, because he's given us the truth. He's revealed his word to us. He's revealed his character to us and his nature to us through scripture. Uh, First through the experience of the people in the Old Testament, but also in the revealing of his law and then in the fulfillment of Jesus coming as the reigning king who has conquered death and the grave and purchased us with his blood. He shows it to us through what we've experienced. But he also has solidified it in his word. He gives us a very simple tool for us to hold on to every single day, day by day, making it a regular rhythm of our life, right? This is why we structure our church the way we structure our church. Honestly, like the reason why we do things the way we do is to point us back to the Bible and not to some man. I am, I don't have great anecdotes. I don't have great stories. I haven't jumped off any buildings, you know, in a parachute. I have like I don't do crazy things, honestly. I'm pretty boring. And so, like, it's not, it's not, like, I don't have much to tell you other than look at this word. It is good, and it is true, and the God of this word is faithful and good, and he's with you. And so the challenge within this text is very simple, just as the Lord has revealed this law, this covenant to the people, and has just said they, they have received it and proclaimed it unto one another, he calls them to do something very simple. He says, pass it on. Pass it on. Keep telling it to your children. Keep telling it to your people. Keep this covenant before you at all times. Keep it fixed in your mind. Keep it right there with the presence of God. Keep this covenant in mind. In uh, chapter 31, verse 9, 
It says, Then Moses wrote this law and gave it to the priests, the sons of Levi, who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord and all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them, At the end of every seven years, at the set time in the year of release, at the Feast of Booths, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God at the place he will choose, being Jerusalem eventually, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. So this law being chapter, probably chapter like four through chapter 30. The priest gets up, reads it. Once every seven years at the Feast of Booths. Reads the entire law before all the people. I think you described them sitting there out in the hot sun or the cold, or whatever the season that may have been. Just proclaiming the word from chapter 4 to chapter 30 verbatim. This is what you have agreed to, O Israel. This is the covenant of the Lord. It says, assemble the people, verse 12. Assemble the people, men, women, and little ones, and the sojourner within your towns, that they may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God, and be careful to do all the words of this law, and that their children, who have not known it, may hear and learn to fear the Lord, as long as you live in the land that you are going over the Jordan to possess. God reveals his nature and his character in the law, and we have seen that over and over as we examined it slowly. And so, yes, he emphatically tells them, go back to this book. Constantly go back to this and teach it to your children. I love all the people that are there, right? And like, okay, we, we're obviously family integrated here, which is great. And we have some challenges with that, right? Because, you know, we got kids in the, in the area and we're trying to, trying to manage that. And, and sometimes they can get wiggly and squirmy and sometimes they squawk and all this kind of thing. Imagine being in millions of people... <laughs> Listening to this law, the little ones are there. Assemble the people, men, women, and little ones, and listen to the law of the Lord. They need to hear it. They need to see you hearing it. They need to be changed by the fact that you're being changed by it, that you value this. They need to see what you value. Also among them, the sojourners within your towns. Those people that are stuck wandering through your community because of whatever circumstance it may have been. They're invited, sojourners, yes, come and hear the covenant of the Lord our God. Oh, you're not blood? We don't care. Please come sit with our family. Listen to the words and character of the God that we serve. Why? That they may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God and be careful to do all the words of this law. Now again, fear the Lord. Recognize his power. Recognize his strength. Recognize his mercy and his authority and all of his attributes. Sometimes we think of that fear the Lord and think, oh, the mean God in heaven is going to make me afraid. It's not about being afraid. It's about recognizing with reverence how powerful and majestic is the name of the Lord our God who created heaven and earth and us, these little ants running around on this ball of twine, right? How can you not look up at the sky and say, I am really pretty small. Someone bigger than me has made this. And so... This reading is that they may hear and learn to fear the Lord 
and be careful to do the words of this law, this law that would call children to hear it, that would call sojourners to take part. This is the character and mercy of our God. Another thing to note is that they are to do this ceremony every time during the Feast of Booths, every seven years, seventh year being the year of release of the slaves. So if anyone was in bondage because of economic downfall or whatever may have happened, that was the year they were freed. The Feast of Booths again remembers their exodus out of Egypt when they were living in booths. All these pieces are to remind them of the power and might of God as he drew them out of slavery in Egypt and brought them to a land that is now theirs. Their signposts, remembrance, visual, audio, verbal, all these things to, to remember what God has done and who he is. He challenges them and he challenges us to read and remember and respond to the word of God, the revelation of our King. And so, yeah, this is why we structure church the way we do. We want the Bible to be at the center. We want the presence of the Spirit to be felt. We want Father God to be exalted on high. And so, yeah, during the week, we gather together to study the Bible. We're not teaching anything, some special, whatever, uh, life tip or self-help thing or whatever. We're just looking at the Word and saying, what does the Word say? And how do you respond to this as you read this scripture and as you read this verse? How do you feel that as a single person? How do you feel that as a married person? How do you feel that as a, 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 a parent of kids? How do you feel that? And hopefully you get to marinate over that and and think about, okay, what is this Bible telling me? What is God telling me through this scripture today? And then on Sundays we get to come and we get to proclaim the majesty of God and how good he is and and the the majesty of his truth and, and get to encourage each other with this word. Preaching is kind of a weird thing, right? I mean, I'm gonna get up here and like almost yell at you. I'm going to try not to yell at you, but I am proclaiming something, right? There's a difference in my tone. I am saying something emphatically to not just your ears, but to your hearts. We're reflecting on and exalting the truth of God's word. And God's word tells us today that you have things to fear that are ahead of you, right? Does anyone have anything they're afraid of in the week ahead? I do. I definitely do. I have things I do not have answers to. I have things I am very uncertain about. (laughs) What God's word says to us is in spite of the fact that there are things that you are likely afraid of, be strong and courageous because the Lord your God is with you. He will be with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Why does God give us commands in Scripture? Not because we 
uh, just need to know anecdotal truths, but he is, because he recognizes the situation that we're in. He is not being uh, shame, pouring shame out on us and say, well, if you're not strong and courageous, then you're not doing it right. No, it is a recognition that you need to hold on to this truth, to be strong and courageous. You need to grip onto that and know it in your spirit. And yeah, there's something to overcome in doing that because literally you probably are afraid of something that is ahead of you. There's some uncertainty. And God says, in spite of what is uncertain ahead of you, trust me. Because you look back and you say, you've been with me there and there and there and there and there. I have no reason to be afraid. You're with me. And so, O soul, why are you downcast? Trust in the Lord your God. Be strong and courageous and go forward in what he has called you to do. So two things to remember as a close. The kingdom is bigger than you. It's so much bigger than you. It is so easy to get fixated and focused on my problems and my concerns and what's going on with me and get tied up in a ball of anxiety about my stuff. Listen, God cares about that. He does. Okay, we'll talk about that in a minute. But Moses was not the end of the kingdom. Joshua took up the mantle, and many others took up the mantle after that. In fact, all of Israel was called to take up the mantle. They were all called to have this relationship with the Lord. It is bigger than you, and it is bigger than me. And so look around yourself, and and if you are anxious, look around. You're not alone. You're not. You're not alone. So cast off your anxiety and go talk to someone else and say, hey, I, I feel that too. I'm here with you. And you know what? I'm going to remind you today that God is with you. And I want to remind you today that God is with you. And I want to remind you today that God is with you. Yeah, am I having trouble hanging on to that truth? I am, but I know it's true. The kingdom is bigger than you. Don't let your problems keep you from pouring into the kingdom that is around you and pointing people unto Jesus and the strength that he has given us. Because this is true also. The king is with you. The kingdom is bigger than you, but the king of the kingdom is with you. He's not off in some palace alone just enjoying, you know, the fruits of his labors. He is kneeling at the throne of God, interceding on your behalf, praying for you. He has sent his spirit to live inside of you as a child of the king, has adopted you as sons and daughters. He is with you. And so, yes, whatever is ahead that you're worried about, do not worry. Be strong and courageous. Are you going to fail? Probably You going to do it perfectly? Probably not. God is with you. Hold on to him. Cling to him. Yearn for him. As Connor said last week, cast off all these idols and love this God who has saved you by the power of his son, Jesus Christ. Let his love that has been poured out on you flow from you 
to someone else. He has restored you to relationship with the Father in heaven. Take on his character and extend that to those around you. Don't let it stop with you. Let it flow out of you. God has us each in the circumstances and places that we're in for a purpose that other people around us would call out upon the Lord that we call out to. And so hold fast to him. And when people ask why you have a hope that is eternal, why you aren't worried about things of this earth that are crumbling around us, you can say, my kingdom is eternal. If I die tomorrow, I know exactly where I'm at. I'm in heaven with my king, worshiping in full contentment with no worry. And that truth can be true for you even today. You can have a peace that transcends understanding. It doesn't make sense as you see it, but you can have it, right? A peace that is bigger than what you comprehend in your head. God wants to give that kind of peace to you. And so the command is simple, but emphatic. Be strong and courageous. For the Lord, your God, goes with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Let's pray. Lord, we're so grateful for your presence. We're so thankful that, um, that you've given it to us. We did not earn it. We see in the law that we cannot earn it. You have fulfilled it in Jesus. And we receive it by faith. And God, we pray that you would give us um, the faith to put that into action. God, help us wait on you and hear from you. And when you tell us to go, help us to go boldly. Help us to go in strength and in courage, knowing that you are with us and you will not forsake us. We give you the honor and praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.